Hey everyone, welcome to more of the Mises guys. We are with Boo again this time, going over part three of the Man of, Man of Iron. You Last time souls. we left off, um, Jazz had just kidnapped Sammy after Mirage tried to kidnap in the middle of the night, and after Jazz had stalked him. So, not looking <laughs> really good for the Autobots here. Yeah, this is not good PR. Not, not the, at least. This the is, optics are bad. <laughs> real bad. Real bad. So, but, yeah. our cover, we have a cool image of Thundercracker firing at Jazz while Sammy is hanging on to the wheel for, like, dear life. And the artist was Mike Collins, not the astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> well, be really so, impressive it was. So, he's a Welsh artist and writer who was formerly attempted a career in law. Oh, that didn't work out. So he he enjoyed uh, working on fiction more. He can always draw uh, write funny books or draw funny right. books. Yes, the so uh, he did both. He wrote and drew. Stuff, well, so. actually, I really liked the cover. It was a nice uh, like a splash of a uh, different uh, action scenes. Yeah, the different nice. panels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. unusual to see a comic cover like that. Yeah, he it's more laid out like an interior page. It is. It really yeah. is. Uh, very vibrant colors. Uh, very nice, nice lines. Just man, once again, the art. This book is so so good. Oh yeah. Well, he did work on Marvel UK uh, for Spider Man, oh. Doctor Who, and Zoids as well. Zoids. And, Zoids. Nice. Yeah. And then nice. he also worked on 2000 AD on Dread, Slain, Rogue Trooper, and Future Shocks. So a lot of a lot of Dread. There's a lot of 2080 bleed over into this stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. That probably lent a lot to how the UK Transformers comics came out because you have a lot of like, I don't know, a lot, almost like heavy metal because that's what yeah. 2080 was really a lot like the heavy metal stuff. And yeah, the, the Transformers for UK was definitely like, seemed like it was aiming at an older audience. Yeah. Though, obviously, your kids loved it, but. It, it carried over like it could hit the different age groups fairly yeah. easily. Well, obviously this is uh, working out pretty well because uh, there was like last issue. One of the letters to the editor was uh, about a kid who was um, talking about how much he loved the comic, but his dad also read it whenever, um, whenever he got a new issue. So right. Yeah, father and son reading the same book. So well, we're, we're going to see a lot more from Mike Collins because he did a, a lot of the issues for the UK comics, like the first few years. Nice. And then, I really like the style. Yeah, and then also along with Mark Farmer, he did the art for the first four Ladybird books. You ever seen the little hardback oh, Ladybird? Yeah. yeah. He did the Autobot Lightning Strike, uh, Megatron's Fight for Power, Autobots Fight Back, and Laserbeak's Fury. <laughs> now I, I gotta say that Ladybird books are really notorious for having like a um Optimus Prime without a face mask or a very early um art looking megatron things like that they had very early designs in the yeah. ladybird books but they're they're great art yeah and uh mike collins really leaned towards the uh designs that look more like the toys because when he started drawing they hadn't gotten anything from uh, you know marvel That's productions or anything yeah for yeah. the character models and a funny story uh was he actually met with Bob Budiansky, I believe. And Budiansky gave him like the Bible for it that had all the character design and stuff. And he kind of, he brought it back to the UK and like 
I guess, brought it in like Moses bringing the tablets down from the mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he was involved in another, I guess, potentially controversial thing going on with Transformers. Because while he worked at Marvel, he and James Hill have been approached by Ian Rimmer, who is the second editor for the Transformers UK comics. You'll we'll run into him later. Yeah. But they were approached to work on a a story treatment for another comic because Rimmer had been pulled into a meeting with a Scandinavian toy representative who uh, had acquired the European licensing for various Japanese transforming toys that were also available in Hasbro's Transformers line. Oh, yeah. Same toys, different company. Um, in fact, Rimmer says he's for sure he saw Shockwave in their stuff and possibly Jetfire as well, among other toys. That makes sense. And the other toy company wanted them to create a comic featuring their Transformers. And basically, they were just going to make a, a separate European Transformers comic. And just strictly for the European market, which hmm. is why Rimmer drew upon Collins and Hill. But it all yep. fell through because when Hasbro got wind of it, they just bought the Scandinavian toy company outright. <laughs> and that, that handled all their licensing agreements they had with the Japanese toy companies and killed all hopes for an upstart European rival to the Transformers franchise. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. What was that company called? Do you know? Scandinavian? I, I could not find that out yet. Okay. It's kind of curious. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep digging, though, see if I can figure out what it is. Because yeah. it, it was a small company, they said. Okay, um, there was a lot of a uh, lot of small upstart companies during the uh, during the um, early '80s trying mm-hmm. to get into the market, so it's not surprising at all. And then around this time, you also had like from Italy, you had like Gig and stuff like that. And yeah. I know there was another company, I think in France, that was doing like Diaclones. That makes sense. There, so, so, yeah, yeah, I know there are d- different different names. A lot of them were released. Under. You can find some of those boxes with different uh, company logos and stuff on them. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, so I mm. thought you would enjoy that bit of controversy right there. Oh, always a little controversy with you. So, man, the letter to the editor, or the editor's letter this time, says they're regretfully having to raise the price of the issue so they can do more coloring. I mean, dude, as long as you're not paying Yamtov, that's, that's cool, man. <laughs> two pence. Who? Two pence oh, two is what pence. it went up. Well, I mean, let me think about it. Um Back when, you know, I was, I got a few comics when I was younger. I mean, they were 25 cents. I mean, now they're like $3.99, $4.99, depending on the company. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's changed quite a bit. But then they're actually paying you know, artists better. Well, most of them are. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the, um, their printing stock and all that was better, too. Yeah, for sure. Which, actually, when I was reading that about uh, Rimmer, he talks about, and they were interviewing Simon Furman, too. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that, you know, the quality was different between the U.S. and U.K. printings. And they said it wasn't entirely Yomtov's fault. It was the fact that, you know, they printed on cheaper stock mm-hmm. and they had a much more narrow uh, gamut of colors to work from in the American side of printing than they did in the U.K. Okay. So all the different gradations of colors and stuff, mm-hmm. they the Marvel U.S. was literally unable to do that. Like, they couldn't do it at all. That's too bad. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, kneecapped them there too. So, yeah. <laughs> so they took up for Yomtov a little bit in that interview. Uh, he said not right. entirely his fault. <laughs> uh, I still put a little blame on him. Um, 
but yeah, the Autobot fact file this time is Sunstreaker. I mean, well deserved. He's one of the early cars, so that was that's nice a really good that. picture of Sunstreaker too. It that's is a yeah. box art, but it looks really good in here. <laughs> it does. Uh, the well, the only problem is like the uh, the writing on his his uh, fact file was a little hard to read on the on the thing. But or was that last? I think no, it was actually Starscream last week. It was kind of hard to read. Anyways, yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it was cool to see that in there. Um, really, you're you're hitting all the heavy hitters right now. I'm still surprised they used ravage so early but he was a pretty big character in that first miniseries yeah but, um, they were playing favorites no i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> but there's also an advert for a magazine called robot world which you know kind of it was really cool that during the um late 70s early 80s i don't know if you saw a lot of this there's a lot of um i don't know concept art of what robots were going to be like and what direction we were heading with robots and these really big pie in the sky kind of um art do a lot oh of yeah, things. I read every one of those books I get at oh, the yeah. book fair. There's always oh. like three or four every time they come through and they were different. <laughs> oh yeah, without a doubt. But uh yeah, so it was kind of neat to see that in there. I guess they're giving away copies of it. But uh they have another page. The next page is like winners columns for the A-team, which I, I didn't really pick, pick, out, pick out what that was. Is that the um A-team um, contest they had earlier in the... Uh, yeah, it was that contest. Wasn't it soundtrack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soundtrack. Yeah. Hey, good on them. Yeah. But also, there's a um, letter from, I said, Defeed Morris uh, from reading, from Reading, I'm sorry, freaking out about the fate of all the characters from issue eight. And he's like, what happened to Shockwave? What happened to to, to Braun? What happened to, to Huffer and all this kind of stuff? And um, basically, <laughs> the response from the uh, editor is like, yeah, this, hope the story's calmer for you. And uh, the things aren't as exciting. And like, I'm just my, so I'm reading that thinking like, yeah, except that abduction. But uh, yeah, otherwise, yeah, it's pretty calm. <laughs> Yeah, nobody cares about that kid. We're worried about Huffer. Yeah, it's all about Huffer. <laughs> and I, I was kind of happy they did this. Uh, we talked a little bit about this earlier. Robot Roundup uh, talking about um, what I thought it was Fort Cybertron. Mm-hmm. The way they're describing it, it sounded like the way it was described. on this is way too early for this. It sounded like they they did a mod of Doom, but actually it was like what well, you said a Berserk clone, right? Yeah, it was Berserk. Way the way they're talking about it and the wording, I looked at the picture. You sent me like, "Well, that's really underwhelming." But you think it, think about the time and this was is 1985, February of 1985. So I mean, you're talking, you know, Atari, um, yeah, maybe, maybe Tandys and Commodore 64s and things. And this game was already about two years old at this point because it came out in '83. Mm-hmm. And it was called Cybertron Mission, which yeah, okay. it makes it sound like it's Fort Cybertron, but that, I guess that's the name of the maze. Hmm. And they put it out for BBC Micro, Accordion, Elect- Electron, and Commodore 64. Yeah. And basically, just like Berserk, you run through various maze rooms, and you can't touch the walls, and you got spinners and cyber droids that shoot at you. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of that immortal smiley face, the evil auto that chases you if you stay too long, it's a mm-hmm. spook that's a ghost of the last adventurer who tried to pass through Fort Cybertron. Nice. But the big difference between Berserk and Cybertron Mission is that Cybertron Mission never actually killed anybody. Berserk is this is having two fatalities. <laughs> Berserk was the first video game to actually kill players. Nice. So um there, there's there's something uh, early on like that uh, that 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 time frame uh, when we were, you know, new uh, well the uh, online and it was still pretty new. We were all looking for like, you know, video games of uh, Transformer stuff. And there was mm-hmm. the, um, what was the, the convoy game that they were at? That was out in the uh, Famicom. Mm-hmm. I can't think of that, what the name is. It's something convoy. 
Um, Mystery of Convoy. Mystery of Convoy, yeah. It was terrible side-scroller. There weren't a lot of games, though, for uh, Transformers until, um, I want to say, was Beast Wars? Yeah, they had, well, there was a, yeah, there was the one Beast Wars game, and then they had the Beast Wars uh, Transmetals. Yeah. But I want to say there was a Commodore game for Transformers 2. There might have been. Yeah, it was just called the Transformers. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I never saw that one. It didn't have a Commodore 64. Yeah, me either. Yeah, all the rich kids. But uh, I think that one was released in 86 also. Okay. So so it wasn't like too early. All right. Um, but yeah, you um so yeah, we talking about that. Um you said you had found some information about um silent running also. Yes. Okay, silent running yes. is a 1972 movie. It says 71 in here, but it was actually released in 72. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh Bruce Dern in it, which mm-hmm. I don't know, you watch Hateful Eight, you know, Bruce Dern, and uh, it mentions Huey, Dewey, and there was a third robot named Louie, <laughs> so they're named after the you know, the ducks, the Disney yeah. ducks, okay. And it's on a botanical ship in space containing the last specimens of Earth's plant life after Earth has suffered a full ecological collapse, okay. And it came about after the success that Universal had with Easy Rider a few years earlier. Mm -hmm. And they decided to let up-and-coming filmmakers make, like, semi-independent films on low budgets, hoping to reap the same kind of high profits they got from Easy Rider. And they tried this with five films. They did Silent Running, they did The Hired Hand, The Last Movie, Taking Off, and then one you probably heard of called American Graffiti. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Silent Running proved to be really influential for the next generation of sci-fi. Some of the exterior shots they used in Silent Running were actually reused when they did Battlestar Galactica. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then on top of that, uh, the young unknown director of American Graffiti, uh, George Lucas, approached (laughs) the director of Silent Running, Douglas Mm -hmm. Turnbull, to get his blessing for his next project called Star Wars as he wanted nice. to use robots that were similar to Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And, you know, he got it, and that's where the design for the astromech droids like R2-D2 and R5-D4 came from, okay? So this all came back up, though, a few years later, when Lucas and 20th Century Fox tried to sue Universal over Battlestar Galactica. Because Universal countered, uh, pointing out how much that Lucas had borrowed from Silent Running, and saying that Star Wars was actually derivative of Silent Running. Well, so, Star Wars is pretty derivative, but I didn't realize. Oh it was yeah, running. but you know they were trying to sue Aaron. They were claiming that like space, any movie set in space was infringing on Star Wars. Like they were being very yeah. aggressive with it. So <laughs> of course, you know, uh, Lucas and 20th Century Fox lost that case, but you know it doomed Battlestar Galactica. But oh, yeah. beyond that, there has also been uh, stated from Joel Hodgson that Silent Running was inspiration for the format of Mystery Science Theater. Oh, nice. The sole worker on a spacecraft with his robots to keep him company. Makes a lot of sense now with very low budget. Yeah. And <laughs> going further, like I said, it was very influential. Uh, Rob Grant and Doug Naylor have also stated that Silent Running was one of their major influences when creating Red Dwarf. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, this thing is like spawn. I mean, technically, it, it spawned Star Wars, it spawned Mystery Science Theater and Red Dwarf. So, that's not bad. Yeah, really. 
there's there's a lot of um i'd heard really how um star wars was pretty much a ripoff of um well, oh, the lensman which one lensman lensman no it was uh something it was yeah. a uh kirisama movie i believe oh yeah it was seven samurai not seven no samurai. no no, no. It, but yeah the, there was a lot of that there was you know the western aspect of it like he took from various sources and kind of oh yeah for sure put it together but yeah lensman was definitely one i've heard that he borrowed from as well but yeah <laughs> his droid designs for astromex was definitely inspired by silent running okay well, nice nice yeah. i actually kind of want to check that out now now that you um you point that out. I'd I'd never heard it before, but I'm sure a lot of movie buffs probably have. Oh yeah, and it's kind of funny because Laura Dern is mm-hmm. Bruce Dern's uh, daughter, yep. and she saw it when she was young with him in the theater, and she had to leave crying because there's a scene mm-hmm. where he like runs a vehicle into one of the robots and damages it, oh, and geez. she got really upset with him for being so careless. <laughs> and How old she was she? They though? had they had to leave the the theater. She was so upset about it. <laughs> nice um how old is she when that happened does it say oh i want to say she was like around five i think four or five she was really young and then it's just kind of a coincidence that you know he plays a botanist in this and then in jurassic park she plays a paleobotanist nice well that's on purpose that's probably was probably didn't hurt (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so man okay when you're a kid what was the one thing you always wanted you wanted a watch with your initials on it. Oh, yeah. More and than man, anything else. Forget the Spidey watches that I totally forgot to drop a uh, a picture of in the uh, YouTube <laughs> last week. Uh, <laughs> these were just like, they look like men's dress watches or women's dress watches also with your initials carved in the back. Like that, that's boring. This, <laughs> this is a comic about robots in space and or from space fighting. And here, kid, here's a watch. Well, these watches but, don't violate your privacy like Spidey watches do. <laughs> <laughs> always watch. Oh, yeah, always a Spidey watches. Spidey watches. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we get back right into the issue with Jazz saying he's not going to hurt Sammy. All right, man. First of all, the last time we saw this, this whole thing happen. Jazz was driving away with Sammy against the window, you know, looking at his mom. He can't get out, and you know, Jazz speeds off. So immediately he's like, oh, "I'm not going to hurt you. Yeah, I need your help." That's what they really? always say. Yeah. Um, if you put the lotion on the skin, I won't hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, yeah, I know we're following the kid in his adventure, but you got to think it's dark now. It was like morning when he took off with him. Oh yeah. Yeah, and his mom has to be frantic, like just out of her mind. <laughs> Some pervert in a race car drove off with him, right? <laughs> like she doesn't know that he's a is a robot car. Come on, oh no, well Sammy doesn't know it yet. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, oh, and, they um, talk, you know, that comes out. Yeah, and there's a there's a little scene where uh, or part in there where I'd say scene, uh, bubble where Jazz says, "I'm going to have you meet some of my friends." And yeah. I'm just thinking, like, man, where is the Rise of the Beast Optimus Prime now? Like, what is he doing here? Like, why do you need a kid? Right. What's really going to do? But I understand. We we want to hit that target audience. Um, but it, Jazz they just tells had the internet, so they could have looked up the Man of Iron information. You know, right? 
kid is super, superfluous. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, he dad's basically says, "Hey, I'm taking to meet some of my friends," and Sammy seems shocked by that. So yeah. man, who do we have next walking out of the woods? But Mirage, the other guy who was trying to abduct him. Right. It's not looking better. <laughs> I got your tidy whities kid. He's <laughs> <laughs> yours. Um. He was uh he tells Sammy that sometimes they disguise themselves so they can move around unnoticed. This still sounds like um he, they're, they're they're like pervs and they're trying to follow around kids and they don't want to they don't want to seem they don't want to be noticed when they're doing it. Sometimes it's, I wear sunglasses and a trench coat so nobody recognizes me. <laughs> yeah, really? I've been tarred and feathered too many times, kid. <laughs> so yeah, man, uh Jazz then tells Sammy that he was the robot he saw in the woods because Sammy's kind of slow. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing he's like eight or nine years old, so I can't really you know blame him too much for that. But Sammy's finally getting caught up, like, oh yeah, this car that has no speedometer, just like lights and buttons and stuff inside that's talking to me and has a friend who's a robot walking in the woods. Oh, wait, I'll put two and two together. That makes sense now. Yeah. So Sammy's yeah. finally caught up. I thought it was kind of cool how Jazz tells him that his real name is unpronounceable. Yeah. I like that. Um, I, I made that in my notes also. Um, so he's essentially saying that uh, we you can't pronounce in our language or anything like that. So you can just call me Jazz. And that was kind of a good way to put it because we never we're always you know suspending the disbelief of like, well, of course they're on Cybertron. Of course they're going to talk English or whatever. Yeah, whatever language they're uh, they're dubbed in. They don't have bumblebees, but his name is Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so yeah, actually that was a good little little um I don't know, kind of I don't I would say world building, but kind of like good way to deal with all that kind of like kids going, well, wait a second, they're aliens. Yeah. Yeah, it was a nice little detail they added to it. Yeah. And after uh, I'd first read that, like back in the day, I was like, Well, I wonder what they're what, what they sounded like. And around that time we we're like, oh, maybe it sounded like a modem squawk. <laughs> <laughs> like when you dial out <laughs> ones and zeros, which oddly enough, it wasn't that far off when they used it in the 2007 movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a little more squelchy, but yeah, yeah. And then they, uh, they're so they're they're going. Um, Mirage and Jazz are going, and they say, "Hey, we're gonna rendezvous with tra- rendezvous with Trailbreaker." Which all this does is gives the uh, the seekers we find next uh, something to shoot at. Apparently, right? This make, makes a bigger target. Trailbreaker, it gets ravaged by uh Fennecracker. It is Fennecracker, right? Look at the stickers. Eh, it well, he his stickers are colored like Skywarp, uh huh, or he's drawn like Skywarp, but his colors are Thundercrackers. That's so right. This is all we're about to get into a, a big spaghetti bowl mess. Uh, of figure, yeah. yeah, I thought I had the two triangles like Skywarp or Thundercracker does. Um, well, he has the two circles at first. When you look at the first scene, when it shows him like diving. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then later, it's like a mix. It's like it's half Thundercracker, half Skywarp stickers. Okay. So it's like, it's like they were, you could tell they're getting confused. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's all the same. And Trailblaker, Trailblaker, Trailbreaker had the ass blown out of (laughs) him. Literally. Literally. The whole back of that truck, there's a tire burning or flying off. Yeah, he's in bad shape after that. I'm like, man, he's real bad off. And then he transforms and it just looks like a mess of like dark 
robot stuff. You can't even just, see his head. It's just like yeah. a blob where his head is. I was yeah, looking for it too. Like maybe yeah, they threw it kind of faint. No. Yeah. That's, uh, apparently they, they knew where the head transformed into. <laughs> the trailer, right? Yeah. Or yeah. underneath it, rather. So yeah, uh, Trailbreaker apparently is uh, is is gone for the, for the rest of this issue. Yeah, he he's messed up, and nobody goes back for him. They're like, yeah. Eh. He radios it. It's all it's all ruined. Just plain ruined. Yeah. Thundercracker gets hit, hit by Mirage's electro. Oh, I think it's Thundercracker hits by uh, Mirage's electro disruptor and crashes into a bridge. Yeah, and th- that's where it gets mixed up because if you zoom in on it. You can actually see it's like the circle with the triangle, and then it's a triangle facing both ways. So it's almost like a star of David. <laughs> Maybe they thought he's Jewish. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, a, and then it's just a a, a mishmash of yeah their stickers. But uh, let's see. Yeah, because he uses the electro disruptor mm-hmm. to disappear from sight, which he hadn't done that before. He hasn't just yeah. outright disappeared. He's always just been displaced. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that seeker crashes into a bridge. And like I said, he has a combination pattern of Skywarp and Thundercracker on the stickers. Yeah. And then in the US, though, this black and white page was colored as Skywarp mm-hmm. with Thundercracker's red trim. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you showed me that picture, yeah. Yeah, to further make it you know convoluted. <laughs> okay. And then they have the second seeker attacks from the front. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's also colored like Skywarp. Okay, in the US version. This is all black and white in this one. And he has Skywarp's proper sticker pattern. So I don't know. If that was Skywarp, maybe he teleported. I mean, maybe, sure. Yeah, but then he gets blasted by Blue Streak and crashes. And yeah. in the US comic, I mean, it's all colored like Skywarp at that point. Okay. okay. In the collected comics <laughs> that was also reprinted by IDW. Mm-hmm. It's Thundercracker who attacks Trailbreaker and crashes into the bridge. Okay. okay. And then the head-on attack comes from Skywarp, who's in Thundercracker's colors. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, actually, I like the idea that it's Skywarp because he's pushing them from the front coming this way when they're behind him. Right. Honestly, in, you know, like in, in the, the nerdy sense, it makes a lot of sense. Well, and then the Seeker that's shot down by Blue Streak mm-hmm. is colored like Skywarp. So the colors are all over the, the place on, like, all the versions of this comic. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that, though, when uh, you had the... It was like they're on a, they're on a highway, and the overpass has uh, has Blue, Blue Streak. And I'm sitting there looking at the picture going, like, it's got to be Blue Streak because it doesn't have the uh, the uh, the uh, sirens like Prowl does. Right. And it's too early for smokescreen. So I was, I was kind of happy to see that, you know, pick him out. He, the drawing on his uh, his head and his his uh, guns and stuff looked really good. Yeah, it did. Man, the art in this is so good still. Um, so yeah, yeah the he line takes work is still really awesome. Which one is that? I said the line work is really awesome. Oh yeah, is this? Is, yeah, I don't see it. I think it's supposed to be Ridge weight, but it seems like it's less um, less heavy. With the oh, yeah, now th- this is still Collins. It is Collins doing this. Yeah, this is Mike Collins doing this one. Okay, he does a great job. Still, yeah. he he has a very very like a toy. It's basically like it's very very much the toy, but not too much. Like you have well, some of that that mobility. And like you said a, a few episodes back, you know this would be good just as a plain black and white comic. This oh, yeah. comic is good enough in black and white. Yeah, hundred percent. 
it, it really it reminds me of some of those early Dark Horse comics. Yeah, when they would do this, I I, I loved uh, reading uh, Blade of the Immortal with uh, mm-hmm. from Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. That was one of those comics that was beautifully drawn. It's all black and white, um, and except for the covers, they'd be colored, but all black yeah. and white um, comic. And the saying, like scene. concrete and oh stuff like that. Yeah, they did really awesome. So like, good that the textures from the black and white was so nice. So when right. they when I see this kind of stuff in this book, it makes me really want to read the whole thing in just line art. Mm-hmm. But I understand, um, you know, people don't always like that. And when I was a kid, I wouldn't like that either. So there you go. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so Sammy freaks out and pulls the steering wheel, apparently saving jazz. Yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out what he's doing. He's like, ah, he's like freaking out in the cab. And then like jazz says, you saved me. Like I had to go back and look at what he had done. But yeah. Oh, yeah. That was after <laughs> the seeker crash in the bridge. Yeah. He yanks yeah. the wheel. Yeah. And it's like, did he really save you? At least did he do it on purpose? Yeah, it was, it was a panic. <laughs> That was a panic thing, man. Yeah. But uh, next page. Why does he even have the wheel engaged? I don't know, there? man. Why does he even have a wheel in there? So he can look like a real car, just like a, a, ra- a Porsche race car. Right. Makes sense. But uh, next page is uh, one an Insecticon, which is cool because um, I don't think they were. They weren't out yet, were they? No. And if you look in the picture there, uh-huh. they have red chests like the. Like the uh, Diaclone. Yeah, like the Diaclone, the Warruders. Yeah. So they Thanks. probably just repainted some Warruders. <laughs> or they still <laughs> had that plastic in the injector. That could be. That's, maybe that's what it was. There's, there, You know, I always assume like whenever there was some, um, the changeover from doing Diaclone or Microman, Microchange, whatever, mm-hmm. that there was still a lot of, um, there was still leftover stuff from those that ended up in the U.S. market. Like you have the, um, you have the, um, the kite on the some of the jet fires early on the um the Mac oh Spike. yeah or you have um you know have that early mini cars with hubcap and bumble jumper and you know all that kind of stuff so i'm oh, seeing yeah. there was probably some there's some spillover from the uh, japanese stuff that made and it then into you have the, all um, the color swapping like between oh, sunstreaker yeah. and sideswipe and yeah so i'm sure there's things that may have made it into the american market like that so that's well, kind of I wonder if that's not behind some of like the the color confusion like with the seekers is that they oh, didn't have you know the finished product yet. Probably so and um they probably just you know gave them an idea of what it was supposed to look like and they had right. to kind of fill in the blanks because they hadn't even gotten proper character models. No, that's why they're drawing it off the toys so well I think they had they had character models well they actually had the toys for like Starscream out I believe. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, they had a few of the Autobots, and there wasn't a whole lot of them. So you could probably take Scar- Starscream, and say, okay, with this, except this blue, this is red, or this is um, this is black, and this is purple, and so yeah. on. Yeah. Well, and even in like the early American comics, they had Starscream's colors on. They had him with the blue chest. Yeah. Which that was an early character model, and then you know you have Megatron with the dark helmet and that. Yeah. So I, I gotta say though, what, watching the uh, that original. Um, they did the original um, commercial for the comics, mm-hmm. and they uh, they had a lot of Ladybird comics uh, books. Rather, had that uh, that black helmet. Yeah, it looks really good, and just it's a completely different way, it just yeah. a different concept. Where we're used to the all the all gray, you know, helmet hat, you mm-hmm. know, whatever head of uh, Megatron, and um, the the cannon, his uh, his fusion cannon looked a lot more cumbersome than it was on the uh, on the Sunbow model. Yeah, it was more like a bazooka than yeah. just a, a mounted gun. Yeah, 
which is great. I I, I like them both for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, variations so, good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's because we we've seen so much of it growing up the same thing for so long, and people very confused nowadays about what what was actually out there first, and mm-hmm. they can get into that. You and I complain about that a lot. But um, constantly, constantly, yeah. <laughs> you have the internet at your fingertips on your phone. You can look this stuff up. But anyways, yeah. Um, don't get me started. Yeah, <laughs> Jazz, Jazz wakes Sammy up, and you know Sammy forgets where he's at. He's in the he's in the front seat on the you know on the. For some reason, this Porsche has bench seats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not very sporty. No. Wakes him, makes Sammy. Uh, make, Sammy's like, oh, I've got to walk now. He's like, What? It's cold outside. Like, yeah, sorry, I didn't let you pack a suitcase, but uh, we got to go. Yeah. You know, you could have asked him. <laughs> yeah. No joke. <laughs> and then Sammy's um, got his shoes on the upholstery, which is a big no no <laughs> in a Porsche. Jazzly, <laughs> <laughs> like, you already messed up my, my upholstery. My, my chassis all messed up because of you kicking in there. Um, <laughs> So yeah, the jazz uh, takes him to the shuttle, and there's this this like low. They, they, there's like a description of like gears are turning as the door opens up. That's this very alien ship vibe thing doing going where the doors are opening. You see like this faint shimmering of a figure behind like all this white uh, light. Mm-hmm. You know, people you know, they they show this this really bad conspiracy theory or conspiracy shows where like there's a gray outline by this bright light. Yeah, kind of like, like Close Encounters or something. Oh, very much. Yeah, very much. But it's Optimus Prime, and you know, he walks out of the shuttle. And he is a very early model looking at the Optimus Prime. He looks like the Ladybird book. So actually, when you said that, it made a lot of sense. Um, oh, yeah. almost very flat and wide. So even like the uh, the front of the truck was very flat against his chest. Oh yeah, it's this is straight from the toy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe because the the way if you look at the Ladybird books and this, you can see the same style. But I think the the toy is very like he's got a big chest sticking out. And he's got these arms like that. This was almost like he was trying to he's trying to make him look like a dude with has who has a truck, you know, chest and you know torso and all that. Right. I don't know. It's a truck with arms and legs. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. And the uh, the head design on this was really good too. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, Optimus Prime's head it has a very much. Like there is a um, it's it's not an accident that he looks very samurai like or very, you know, Ronin like with this uh, the uh, the the way the mask and the helmet and everything is. And he looks yeah. very Asian um, and you know being you know, derived from Asian cultures um, with that with the way that the helmet is the uh, head. It looks a lot like the the picture that was on the back of the boxes. Yeah, yeah, very well, fighting in that's, space. Maybe that's where he's getting a lot of the art ideas. Maybe they it's have this possible. thing done. Because when and now, now he's very uh, he's very flat also. He even has the the fender arms. If you look at his forearms, yeah. he has the fender notches just like on the the box back, the yeah. box art on there. Maybe this is like they took they they took that early box art and like had it up there so you could like look at the the character models. Oh, I'm sure. I'm that sure that very well could be what happened. That's kind of cool, actually. I like that. And the shuttle, if you know, that's the UFO that Sammy saw in his dream. Yes, last issue. So was he actually asleep at all, or is he like? That was a thing, man. Recognition or something. He he was it was a weird, weird fever dream thing that he was doing there because yeah, that's the that's the UFO. He, he saw the his eyes open. I mean <laughs> I know. Then there's a that time where he's floating above his body who that was sleeping in his bed in a in a field. And what is this 2001 premonition stuff? 
Sammy's a mutant. I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. Sammy's I mean, a mutant. Yeah, I didn't realize he was a uh, like an ex kind of mutant. I figured he was just a, a mutant child, but here we are. He's but, around uh, the age it comes, uh, you know, their powers turn on. So, <laughs> <laughs> is that is that why he has these these uh crazy looking shots of his face that are all green and red and yeah. I was I was laughing because we're uh, we're trading uh, you know things back and forth before we did the episode and uh, I'm like it's like it's Holly you from Red oh, Dwarf. Yeah, from Red Dwarf and I thought and of, like you know the the EC horror comics the way you know they oh, use yeah. the lighting on their faces for mood oh yeah actually um very much like the Creep Show um, yeah kind of lighting <laughs> that's what I was oh, saying, like Creep yeah. Show <laughs> that's great actually that's why that's what it remind me of. You know the um, what was it the from the first creep show movie though? Like was it fluffy or whatever? Oh yeah, well they had uh, that and they had you know uh, Father's Day where they finally see him walk in with the cake and yeah. everybody's faces with the different colors, green light over their faces or red lights and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was it's very very nice callback to uh, early you know horror movies and comics Pre-code. like that. <laughs> yes oh yeah everything was awesome <laughs> <laughs> like you're showing me some pictures i'm like he looks like he's from from uh mandy which fantastic movie because in mandy there's a lot of red lights one one part where um nicholas cage is looking extra crazy oh yeah uh, they like to show that on the previews a lot oh man so good so <laughs> flipping good so uh yeah um optimus says hey you know we followed this uh we followed this signal to your country and um, apparently it's in their their language or whatever their 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 signal you know I guess wavelength or whatever they mm-hmm. found it there thinking that there was a um, a ship that was going to be sent out to rescue them, and they think it's under the castle. Dun dun dun. The, dun dun dun. The uh, yeah the ocean liner under the uh, castle makes sense now. Yeah, and they explained what the Decepticon bomb was. It wasn't a bomb at all. It was a probe. Yep. Yeah, which so is why they go off. Out. Everybody's trying to figure out what's under the castle. Yeah, what's the, under the castle? So the castle. Um, and Jazz tells Sammy they have to beat the Decepticons to it because who knows what they'll do. Yeah, because they think there's Autobots in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah which we'll, we'll find out later what's going yeah. on. But um, he says they're hiding and waiting, and it's like, well, what are they waiting on? Because you know, you guys have been there for a long time—four <laughs> million years. But um, that fun has uh, come to a quick end. Yeah, that's because to be continued. Yes, because we are back to Machine Man, and I read this 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 week's. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a good thing. But I just I had to see, and it was. You wanted to see the Fantastic Four. You wanted. To see I wanted to see ever, the ever loving blue eyed thing. Well, you got a lot of him. It's more of the Fantastic Two. Yeah, it really issue. is. <laughs> the not so fantastic too. <laughs> Sue and Reed just show up to clean up afterwards. Yeah, it's like we got the two dumbest members. Of the fantastic <laughs> Four, the man whore and the idiot. Yeah, because uh, I mean, we start X fifty one is still like dino mudding through the air. Oh, it's beautiful, beautifully bad, and he does yeah. this kind of controlled fall. It lands in yeah. this auto yard. He's like springing and rolling and tucking and yeah, just trying not to kill anybody that's in the street beneath. Him. 
Yeah. Because his failsafe turns off his anti-gravity. I guess he went to power save mode or something. Yeah, he, he, he <laughs> did. It's like not all your functions work. Like when you're, uh, your phone's really low or your computer's really low and you need to plug it in. Yeah, it essentially did that. Like Stasis it did it the, the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Damage extreme. And his, uh, his gravity negating power. Yeah. It was like he can negate gravity is what it's it like. They can't call it anti-gravity. I, was there a trademark on that? Or oh, who knows? Probably. I mean. <laughs> but you think that, yeah, really. You'd think that Marvel would have something like that, but no, maybe not. So he crashes into this, um, this auto yard and there is this guy um, who was named Oswald F. Garvin, nicknamed Gears. Yeah. We have Gears in the junkyard finding a, a damaged dying robot where have we heard this story before <laughs> he wasn't named gears though he was named spark plug and the robot yeah, was bumblebee exactly. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing it is except uh, apparently um old gears here oswald um he apparently likes to beat the crap out of people to get around his uh his auto yard so i don't, I don't think spark plug did that we don't know what spark he just poisoned you you come in his yard he's gonna poison you <laughs> <laughs> he he poisoned you and like broke uh, cut your brake lines. Yeah. So uh this mutant lady Ion we we saw last issue arrives at the Baxter building. She's like, either they're gonna cure me or they're gonna kill me. Either way, I'm good. Yeah, well she she's confusing because she keeps saying that, oh, they can help me. They might have the the power to help me. <clears throat> but yeah. you know, it's she's not real clear on, on her motivations here. <laughs> at least she's not being clear with us. No, not at all. I, I was confused as hell. Um, yeah, I, I really like what Gears did with Machine Man, though. He gave him like unicycle legs, so he looks like he Thrust from Beast Machines. He is. He's even the right colors. We were pointing right. out. Oh yeah, he matches colors. Really. <laughs> so I think this is the first stupid. guy that was actually happy to see Machine Man just land. Everybody else is like, "You're a freak. You're you know, yeah." You're an abomination. He's like, hey, I like stuff like you're the first one I've seen that works. And it's like, well, he's not quite working. <laughs> and yeah, he's like, I'll just uh I'll I'll do some pre uh, some uh some parts parts I've laid around here and fix you. And machine man's like, this is great. Yeah, he's he happy the, as a clam to get all these weird parts like plugged into. <laughs> he literally, man, he starts he goes full on dino butt here though. Oh yeah. It is it's ridiculous. He's going down the road on on the one wheel. I mean, this looks like the uh you know, like a uh, those uh, the thin, uh, bigger chopper wheels from the, the the big chopper bikes. It looks like oh, he yeah. put one of those between his knees. Yeah, he's and, got a like, big wheel. Wheel. Yeah, machine man's <laughs> like this is great. You know, he's able to retract his limbs again, which I guess helped too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just like I think he like he cut a few wires and he he jury rigged a lot of stuff in there, and um, and then like. Yeah, uh, Machine Man's like, it works better than ever because you just rigged it. I bet Gears could turn, you know, motor oil into Energon too. He probably could. <laughs> he does that in the prison turlet. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the good stuff there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he she's at the Baxter building. I'll, they'll cure me or kill me. And in the ever love of blue, I think, is soaking in the strawberry scented tub, smoking a cigar. Oh, yeah, he's in his Mr. Bubble. He's having the time of his like reading a magazine. I'm surprised he didn't have like cucumbers over his eyes or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was probably right about to do that. 
He's having a spa day. Yeah, he had to finish the stogie first. <laughs> so uh, there, there's the proximity alarm goes off, and he like, the thing gets out of the tub. He's got like a little towel wrapped around him, and uh, the human torch wanders in there. He's like, "Hey, what's going on here?" So there's a there's an intruder alert, and um, you know Ben was just you know he, I thought it was literally nothing. I think I guess I think what what it was. Oh you know, yeah, it was well mistake. he's complaining. You can't wait for me to get dressed. Yeah. And human tour's like, nah, I got a hot date later, so I gotta <laughs> hurry up and knock this out. So the human torch and ion go back back and forth. And okay, I don't know what you how much you know about the Hindenburg, but um she is a hydrogen cloud. Yeah. And he's throwing fireballs, and she goes, Oh, your fireballs pass right through my hydrogen cloud body. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I feel like there's there, there's there's something wrong with this. Apparently her electromagnetic field was really good. I guess so to keep the extremely flammable hydrogen from igniting. But they don't but, even try to talk to her and say, hey, can we help you? What's up? Did you crash or what? Now they instantly just start trying to beat the crap out of her. Yeah. And she fights back and is kicking their butt. And it's like, okay, if you want their help, this is not how you do it. And if yeah, you want to really kill you... She magnetizes the uh, the the computer giant thing that uh, Ben Grimm's going to throw at her, and every piece of like uh, metal machinery in the in the in the uh, room, you know, uh, gets magnetized to him, and he gets crushed under it all. Yeah, I mean, she's fighting too hard to, you know, she's basically trying to do suicide by cop. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, she's too good to be suicide. <laughs> exactly, she's kicking their butt. So it's like, you know, <laughs> this isn't how you do that. Nope. Put on my, my Christmas nice gift for my wife here. Um, oh, that's cute. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. It's a little cold in this room. Um, so <laughs> the uh, <laughs> machine man, like, he defies gravity up to the window. Yeah, that's working again now. Just rolls on in there on his, on his unicycle wheel. After he ran over a bunch of people's cars. Yeah. <laughs> dented their roofs and stuff. It's like. <laughs> it's so bad. He's such a terrible hero. He has no respect for personal property. None. But uh, yeah, so Human Torch immediately attacks him because he comes to the window. I mean, obviously, uh, Human Torch is already attacking a, a woman in an ion cloud. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Machine Man <laughs> turns one of his arms into ice, a uh, no ice block and attacks the Human Torch. That was all you needed to attack the Human Torch was, was, was ice. You can go to like the corner store and get a bag of ice and like, you know, take down the Human Torch, apparently. Yeah, imagine he had dry ice. Oh, my God. And I mean, um, Machine Man is such a MacGuffin. I mean, it's he a, it. He's that kid that you know. Whatever you played games with, he, he had whatever countered whatever you did to him. Oh, I times shoot infinity. you the flamethrower. Yeah, I turned ice. Yeah, times infinity. You missed me. You yeah. know, you're like I'm not playing the anymore, kid. You're terrible. You didn't know I was intangible. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of like Cartman when they were playing ninjas. How he had the power to have all powers or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cartman, Cartman is that kid. Yeah. Well, the thing comes out of his pile and attacks Machine Man, who immediately beats him and leaves. Oh, he doesn't even beat. He just runs over him. Oh, running right over, I guess. Yeah, he like he pulls his feet out from him and then takes off. Yeah, Machine Man is the Mary Sue of this. I mean, it is his comic. I'll give him that. But it's the Fantastic Four, man. They 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 fight against Galactus and the Silver Surfer. And oh and yeah, I mean, the Hulk would have a hard time, you know, taking the thing off his feet, but not Machine Man with his little big wheel leg, you know. <laughs> 
he grabs your ankle and then takes off. So Majima encounters Ion again and taps into a street lamp to shoot her and retreats into a meat market. He like uses extra energy from a street lamp he like hacks into. Okay, and here's the other thing I'm having problems with because he, yeah, he blasts her. Okay, oh, yeah, and it hurts her. And she supposedly wants to die. And she says the Fantastic Four aren't smart enough or powerful enough to kill her. So she's going to go somewhere else, try to find it. So she starts attacking like people in the street, just plain humans. Like, well, if the Fantastic Four can't hurt you, then what are these guys just walking on the sidewalk going to do? And then X-51 shows up and blasts her with electricity, and it hurts her. And she runs. It's like, do you want to die or not, lady? And is it where she starts to become uh she she starts to get her form back a little bit? Well, he leads her into the uh freezer. That's what it is. He takes he leads goes into locker. a meat market and, and um leads her into a um the basically the yeah, the freezer, the deep freeze at the uh, meat market. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't know hydrogen did this, but apparently um her body starts congealing back into a solid mass again. Yeah, so your your average, you know, butcher's freezer is enough yep. to condense hydrogen into a solid, just like in the core of Jupiter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say a big no. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, think... I can understand if you had some pressure going. If you pressurize, you might get liquid hydrogen. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah, I've been to a few different uh, uh, meat market coolers over my years, and they're they're not that good. No. No. Yeah, no, and no. I mean, as soon as she's back to human form, you know, X fifty one goes straight to punching her in the face. What a class like a act dame. Machine Man is. <laughs> machine Man is going to put her back in her place. He's been listening to Sean Connery too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> um. It's just just that he's a terrible hero. He's really bad. He is. um, What what's a good equivalency for him? It's hard because you got to find someone that's got like uh, they're on their moral high horse. Yeah, but but does everything wrong. I mean, I was going to say someone like Lobo, but he knows he's doing wrong. Oh yeah, he does that on purpose. I can't think of anybody that's just this bad at being good. I know. And he passes himself on the back. By the way, did you get the, yeah. catch the little point where uh, he, as X fifty one is propelling himself into the, into the meat locker, he says he has to get into um, he has to get into it, or he's seen the last episode, his last episode of Dallas. Yeah, he, he's a Dallas fan, so. <laughs> just like Ed. Maybe um, he's been taking you know his morality from J.R. Ewing. Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah, that would make sense. Who shot J.R.? Machine Man did it. We <laughs> wish. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, we break into a little Matt and the Cat where they're reunited in the slave section of the ship. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, they reunite them, you know, and we find out they're from the planet Darkon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're going to be slaves now. <laughs> I mean, on one hand, I'm really glad for Matt and the Cat, but they're in the slave uh, portion of the ship. Uh, and then, yeah, we're... Uh, and- Cool, happy ending, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, yeah, that's our six panels. So that's all we're getting. Yep. <laughs> and we have an ad for the new strip that's coming to the comics, the Chromobots. Yeah, they'll be showing up in issue twelve. Um, I'm good with this. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think that's really uh, boring. Yeah, Chromobots looks a little better. 
Yeah. But actually, I thought the Chromabots, when I first looked at it, I thought the Chromabots were who Matt and the Cat had uh had been abducted by. Yeah, that, that would have been a lot cooler. Yeah, they look pretty similar. So what's funny is in that same interview where they talked to Ian Rimmer, yeah. he said that you know Hasbro was actually getting irritated by all the non-transformer stuff that was like piggybacking on the this comic. Because you know they're basically they're, they're paying Hasbro to make you're not paying Hasbro, paying Marvel to mm-hmm. make these comics to advertise their stuff, and it's like half the the comic is stuff that has nothing to do with Hasbro or Transformers. You know, I, I gotta kind of disagree with that though, because um, I mean all the all the robot roundup stuff. I mean it, these are robots in space. Oh yeah, it's good. It's all it's well rounded. It's just, yeah. you know, Hasbro being a corporate entity, they wanted, they're paying to advertise their toys. So they want, you know, 100% their toys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally. And so, yeah. It, and apparently there was a lot of back and forth between the editors and uh, Hasbro about that and their liaisons. So, and we're, we're nowhere near the end of this. We have a lot more. Of Machine Man and Matt and the Cat, Chromobots, and I think there's even maybe a few others that pop up here and there. You know, I I gotta say though, uh, the Machine Man comic was not nearly as bad as it had been in the past. No, it's getting better, and it, it will it'll better. continue to get better. Oh, and I laughed at the end because the Fantastic Four shows up to pick up Ion, yeah. and that's when we finally see Reed and Sue. They just like, swing by. And out of everybody there, you know, Johnny's not even mad about the icing, but the thing is just ready to kill X-51. And so I guess he was humiliated, so you heard his pride. So I mean, now you're on Ben Grimm's list. And they're they're told to keep an eye on in the cryo chamber. Yeah, he so, left him a note telling him how to keep her yeah. solid until they can cure. And then he just wheeled off. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's a terrible hero, but he actually did a good job here. He's like, okay, I got this figured out. Keep her in this credit tube. Everything will be fine. Kind of reminded me of, um, oh, God, it was the um, the oxygen, um, um, t- uh, the, the, the uh, Iron Lung thing that had the, uh, the the parody of the Fantastic Four in on uh, the Venture Brothers. Where oh, the, yeah. Uh, the Human Torch guy was uh, in because he didn't lay the oxygen in and he didn't t- turn into flames. Well, that's actually based on the original Human Torch, the one from the 30s. Oh, the he would have robot? to stay. Yeah, the robot, because his skin would ignite. Yeah, that okay. was all side effects. So they had to keep him in like a vacuum chamber, so he wouldn't like flame on all the time. <laughs> all the time, yeah. God. So what they did in the Venture Brothers there is they combined the two, so it's like Johnny Storm, but yeah. he immolates anytime <laughs> oxygen gets near him. <laughs> That's oh, funny. and did you see what we have to look forward to next issue also with Machine Man? No, I didn't. We look. have Baron Brimstone oh, and his sinister Satan squad. I did see that. Oh, man, I was so excited. I wonder what the sinister Satan squad is all about because I cannot oh, I wait. Okay, like Ed and I have talked a lot about, and I know you are really well aware, well aware about this is the satanic panic time in the United States. So I can't oh, yeah, it's just wait. getting wound up when this is out. Wait to see the Sinister Satan squad is all about. That is gonna be fantastic. Yeah, I'm worried they're gonna be lame because it's a code comic. <laughs> I mean, they probably are, but <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited that 
this is the first time I've ever been excited to read the next issue of Machine Man. Oh yeah, I, I yeah, you can't wait to see what that is. That's a good see. They got a good tag right there to suck you in for the next one. They got me. Yeah, they finally got me. If for no other reason, you want to see the Sinister Satan Squad. I so wanted to see the Sinister Satan. Sinister Satan Squad. Okay, I can't say it slower. Alliteration is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yes. did you see the the draw the Decepticon design Decepticon entries in this issue? I did actually. I did see that. There was a really good one in there. Um, did you catch a couple of familiar names in there? Uh, I did actually catch um 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 Sound Blaster. It's Sound Blaster and Blackwing. Oh, really? I which was the rebranding for Darkwing in yeah, yeah. Power of the Primes. Nice. So yeah, yeah, I was like, they keep getting these design of Decepticons, and these kids are like forecasting like Decepticon names in the future. Yeah, they, well, obviously, Sound Blaster that was a great one because once again, he's a he's like a ghetto blaster. So it actually it's almost kind of like Blaster, the design. Yeah, but as a sound wave, it's a pretty good technical drawing too. I mean, he is. He got all I, the knobs and switches and everything in there. I really like when a. Uh, I don't know. I was bad about this. this. Is why I didn't draw them very much because I was I got too much in the weeds. But I know a mm-hmm. lot of kids who drew Transformers when I was growing up. They were they wanted to see where every part went. Right. Like we didn't we didn't do the like the um the I don't know um size morphing issues that we had in um uh, in the cartoon. Like it wasn't all there weren't smooth you know edges and stuff. You found where all the blocky parts went when you yeah. drew them. And that was very reminiscent of that. Oh, but, um, well, you basically you're designing toys. At this yeah, point. yeah, you were. Yeah. I think mean, we all had fun doing that. We'd look at like a, I don't know. We'd look at whatever was sitting around our house, like a you know TV. We'd make a transformer out of a TV, or you know, a, a ghetto blaster, or you know, whatever else. Mm-hmm. So, of course, every military machine you see. I'm really, you know, I'm kind of surprised they didn't make a bigger deal out of Power Glide being a uh, A10 Warthog. Because right. that was such a big thing with the, the uh, Cobra Rattler. Mm-hmm. Oh, Warthog. totally. Was that? I said, oh, totally. Oh, yeah. And I mean, honestly, the um, yeah, the the A ten Warthog was a very popular, weird plane back when we were growing up. It was like one of those. They was called. You know, it was the tank killer. Yeah, they're still using it, aren't they? Oh, like yeah, it, they are. Yeah, it's basically yeah. it's a gun that can fly. <laughs> yeah, they actually <laughs> built the gun first and then designed the plane secondary to make the gun move. <laughs> One of the uh, the 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 biggest like memes or whatever that like, and um and they they just they can hold a lot of uh b- you know bombs and such. Mm-hmm. This like they can yeah you know, they basically drop bunker busters, and they're great because they can get low, and uh they're 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 good enough they're maneuverable enough to be able to get out of the uh, line of fire a lot. Yeah, they're really big planes too. That's why oh, yeah. my power glide is odd that he's so small for being an A ten. Yeah, that's why I, I like that universe when they gave us what about fifteen years ago. Yeah, it was actually a pretty good size. I mean, it, it was I want to say about the size of an ultra ultra class. Yeah, or I guess now yeah. it'd be a leader. Yeah, class. it was like a it was a thirty dollar toy. Yeah, back, back then, then it'd probably like an eighty dollar yeah. window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, um, it'd be like commander class or something now. Yeah, like it's big, a, like the fifty five sixty dollar toy now. But um, yeah, the um, it was a good one and. The only problem is it didn't really have the right coloring on it, but I think the Japanese version of that went all red on it. Well, they did a second run that was the red, like they reversed the colors and had the red with the like the off-white trim. 
okay, that's actually a much better look to it. I mean, I, I have the original run the uh, the like light tan with the uh, red trim on it. Then I'll say they did Skyflight too, who was one of the MicroMasters. They did him in the oh, black and purple. Yeah. Okay. I remember seeing that. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I've always been like a fan of like MicroMasters aren't really small. They're just another scale for the mm-hmm. characters. And I'd always prefer if they had the MicroMasters as the full size toys. We get versions of that, which we've gotten a few of those. Yeah, we but, have. Um yeah. <clears throat> I never really liked them as like the the tiny robot in Optimus Prime's hand, like you see on the commercials or in some of the later comics. Yeah, I, I like the idea that they are a scale for the uh, bases, like right. they do the Japanese stuff. Like they, they're not that they're small, but they are, they're a smaller size, but not that small because they're meant to be as, uh, like, right. Know. They scale with like Metroplex and Tripticon yeah. and Fortress Knight, who are in a different scale than all the other toys anyway. So, yeah, man, I, when I had my uh, Metro Titan, he came with Metro Bomb, which is like a little orange, uh, car. Right, and like um, the uh, dietless sonic bomber and um, and uh, Roadfire all have their their respective uh, MicroMasters and well, and Star Convoy has Hot Rod. Yeah, Hot Rodimus actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't know. Did Grandis come with one? I'm not sure. I don't know. I never had Grandis. Well, neither have I. He's one of the ones I wanted to find, but I wasn't really trying hard because he's he is the brickiest brick of all the bricks. I was gonna say I'll go to Home Depot if I need bricks. <laughs> I got the Dag base, the um, the uh, the Yusha Brave uh, version of them, which is really yeah. good. It works the same way. Um, but you know, honestly, the uh, the, the it's kind of cool having the the MicroMasters like that. I, I enjoy that, so it's always kind of cool to see them bigger. And yeah. um, what are some of the ones they've released as larger sizes? Oh, ah, uh, well, I know they did uh. Blackjack, he wasn't like mm-hmm. full size, but they did him with like Titans Return. Uh, right. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's been a few. And like I said, there was Night did Flight. Daddy? Maybe. I think, I think they, they did. They, they, they did one. Of, they did one of the Hot Rod Patrols, and yeah. you got a yeah, you got a lot of those guys in. Uh, like when Universe was doing like weird recolors of like movie figures. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah. They actually re- released some of those as uh the micro uh, the minicons and uh armada too. Right. So yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> Including GoBot names, Leader One and uh and all that. Oh yeah. Um so yeah, honestly, this is uh this is I hate to say this, the um the issue of Transformers was less exciting than Machine Man. Wow, that that's that's different. Yeah, it is. I mean, the the fight with Blue Streak and uh, the Seekers and like Trailbreaker getting blown apart that was cool and all. Yeah, but I mean, really, it was a lot of exposition, a lot of like you know, it was like reading the two towers, like yeah, and they're walking again. Yeah, they're, they're, they're walking driving and talking at this point. Yeah, exactly. They're ex- exposition and uh, traveling, and they're having to reintroduce characters to Sammy that we've already known. Yeah, that's. I think that might be part of the problem. Is it seems a little boring because we know these already. We're like, all right, all right, come on. Move on. Let's go. Well, we've got like Michael Bay Decepticons that you know don't talk; they just shoot and get blown up. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we we know who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the Seekers. But if you hadn't read anything else, Transformers besides this, you wouldn't know who these guys are at all. Yeah, I mean, they're they may as well be Cylon um, Cylon ships for all we know. They haven't even transformed. No, they're doing no, an air razor on us. Uh, so yeah, I mean. <laughs> There's, I like that this is happening, you know, around the time of the original miniseries, so we don't have to worry about Shockwave 
And so, you know, Shockwave showed up at the, uh, the end of the uh, UK and the United States run. So he's there. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious how they're going to do that. I know we're, um, we have the the enemy within coming um, soon. We have one more, one more part of this. So we'll move on to that. Like I said, this is stuff like I haven't read these issues in so many years. I I don't think I ever really liked them. So I mm-hmm. kind of thumb through them. Yeah, you uh, kind of gloss with, over them. Yeah, and you within though, I don't, I don't think it was released in America, was it? No, no. no okay. Actually, Man of Iron was the only British story released oh. in America. Okay, so these are all the ones I haven't read until we get to the later ones like Target 2005 and the Time War stuff. Right. And okay. what's funny also about the... Uh, American release, like these came out much later, like it was issues 33 and 34. Yeah. Okay. And they actually had uh, Grimlock in front of the Union Jack on the top of the con- little corner box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they made it like it was a big deal and it's really demanded. And you thought that maybe they're going to do more of the UK comics in the US, but no. Well, you know, it's terrible too because I think. From what I've read of the UK comics, they're so much better. They're more cohesive. The it's better storytelling, and um, you know, you, you get a lot of the the the, uh, the help with the uh, American comics when um, Simon Furman gets involved. Oh yeah, but, well, in the interview I was reading, it's actually in uh, IDW's uh, UK Classics, the compilations mm-hmm. they did of these. That's where you know you'll see some of the I guess the collected comics reprints, mm-hmm. and they interviewed Simon Furman for a bunch of stuff. And he said, like, the real key there is that Budiansky just didn't have time to flesh stuff out. And I want to say James Roberts is talking about it, too, in there. And it's like, he was just slammed because Hasbro kept giving him lists. Okay, we want these characters in this issue. We want this one out. But with the UK, the way they worked in between the issues, they had the wiggle room to actually flesh out the stories more. I can see that. Yeah. And they were aware of that, like how slammed, uh, you know, Bob Budiansky was. So they used that and tried to use characters that he wasn't to, mm-hmm. you know, they, they keep the story a little tighter and then just run with it. And Hasbro wasn't interfering with them over there. They were basically letting UK guys do whatever they wanted. Whereas, it's... you know, they're right on top of, you know, yeah. Bob. And maybe why we got some really great stories that uh, delved into some, some side characters and also introducing other characters we didn't get the American in the American releases and uh, really built a cohesive mythos uh, as it went along. Oh, yeah. the, James uh, Roberts talks about that. He says that he got a hold of uh, <laughs> one of the catalogs mm-hmm. for Transformers from the U.S., which are different than the U.K. ones. And he <laughs> saw all the toys that we were getting that they weren't. <laughs> I didn't realize and, James Roberts was British actually I know he worked on IDW stuff so yeah and he saw like Roadbuster and the jump starters and stuff on there and he's like yeah. they made toys of the wreckers <laughs> no <laughs> them, but let them yeah I oh, saw yeah I, I saw one a good toy of uh rack and ruin I know they put one out for um cyberverse yeah but I, I like a little like a little less you know the less stylized like that we need a chug version we do need a Chug version. And, you know, I know they don't transform because they're stuck together, but they can do something with that, I'm sure. That, and that's the kind of stuff that Red yeah, is perfect for. Red should have been like, uh, well, should have been at this point. Like Autobot like, X. Autobot yeah. X, yeah. You yeah. know, um, you know, Rack and Ruin, Emirate Zeron, um, Alpha Trion. I, I Nightbird. 
Yeah, Nightbird. God, yes. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of non-transforming characters. All the other Quintessons that we haven't gotten yet. Oh my God, the Bailiff? Yeah, the scientist. Yeah. You know, there's like different kinds of scientists. There's the one with the three heads from uh, the, Dweller in the Depths and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The one, then the one of them have like a, like a, like a cut through on the faces also. Yeah, that was that one. The, the yeah, Dweller got him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys like that that they could do. And then all the other side characters. Brannix. The, that, yeah. I, Slizardo. Oh my God. You know, yes. The Skugzoid. Mm-hmm. If we don't get a Skugzoid toy after what's going on in with Boy Skybound, Drivers. yeah, then <laughs> that dude he needs his own series. He's he's very much he's almost like a, a little bit like a little Death's Head mixed with um, I would say Quark. Yeah, Quark would be a good one to go with. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a great he's a great uh, Ferengi who looks like a pig. <laughs> I mean. Uh, no, Fring- uh, anyways, uh, yeah. he, all he really cares about is money and, and his wife and kids. That he has Hell yeah! Do. I mean, I yeah. I want to see his wife and kids. <laughs> I, I really uh, imagine that she's like some kind of like the you know the termite termite queen. She's like just this, this massive like thing, and he's like the small little drone that always has to go out and bring food because you know she never leaves, but he's busy. He's got to take care of all his five thousand kids. Yeah, and he's got a chastity belt on. So <laughs> if you look, he's got a little lock. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I want to learn more about that whole dynamic because that's some weird like Star Trek original series stuff going on there. It really is. <laughs> you know, I also not that I really want him only in this style, but I'm kind of surprised the reaction figures really haven't put out a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, they've they've done a lot of um they've I mean, they've done like the um. Uh, the original prototype, uh, Unicron, they've done some interesting characters. I mean, they've done like Dead Optimus, Christmas Optimus, things like that. I know those yeah. are easy to recolor. Man, they even they, they did a, a burning convoy, like a you know, a, um, uh, Optimus Primal. Yeah, they did like a burning convoy version, like from the Beast Wars second movie. Yeah, so well, that, and like for Zeron, if they did a Zeron in red, they could just reuse the Megatron mold because that's he's pretty much the same body yeah. type. He's just gold with a different face. Yep. Which I mean, they could easily do that. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of the great things they could do easily in, in red. I just I understand that the uh, the Quinn Suns probably aren't that great to do because they've, they've got it. They want to make use of the mold that they make. Yeah. I mean, I personally would like to have a few different Quinn Suns like standing around. I'd like red pretty. more if it scaled with Chug. Yeah, because I, I get that. The yeah, Megatron's not they're that. They're superposable. Yeah, stuff, but you know, like it's just a little off, but it, it shows up if you put them next to each other. Yeah, I've got the Megatron. That's the only one I end up getting, and he's he's fine. Yeah, you know, nothing wrong with him. He's just he's just I don't know. He doesn't seem as wide enough and stuff like, because he's supposed to be a puzzle figure. He's right. an action master. Oh yeah, well that's what they are. They're the new action masters, but they'd be great for like toy photography or you're oh, yeah. doing like toy comics stuff like that. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed though. He didn't quite fit with the uh, the throne that came with us, uh, Starscream, right? Coronation Starscream. He didn't quite fit with that. If he was like a, l- a little longer legs, a little wider body, he would look great in that. Yeah, saying, if he was just scaled up a little bit to match Chug, he'd been perfect. All right, listen, all you do you do you. Uh, Chinese knockoff producers make a little bit bigger version of those. Just a little. You don't just have to go like full dragon Megatron. No, man. Just like, <laughs> yeah, just 
one and a quarter times what it is right now. Probably all you need, maybe one and a half the most. Or make a smaller throne. That might be even easier. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. So yeah, honestly, um, it, it's good, <laughs> and I'm I'm glad to see this kind of stuff happening. I'm glad to see that there's a, a lot. There seems to be a lot more attention to paid towards the characters like Quinn and Sons now. And we're in uh, we're the second we're, golden age for this. It kind of is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, the figures are, they look right and they're super posable now. And I mean, really, what else can you ask for? I mean, I I love well, this Transformer guy. We're so we can always but, ask for more. I mean, this guy, <laughs> he's great and all. He, he, yeah, the one that came out for a chug. This all set. Oh, yeah. but uh, I love he, them all. I'm. That's, that's I'm the thing I try to explain addicted. to my wife. Um, she's like, eh, you have a lot of them. I said, well, yeah, I like them all for different reasons. They're all, they're, 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 they're my kids. They're, I have they're a lot my... of them, but I don't have all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your voice down, by the way. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> you're going to get Anyways. in trouble. You can't yeah. play with him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting these away. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and call it here. Um, One more issue of Man of Iron to go. And, uh, of course, the Satan Squad next time. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) All right, man, good talking to you. And I hope everyone enjoyed it. And uh, if you do us a favor, subscribe to the the podcast audio version, the YouTube. Both that helps a lot. Um, And give us, please give us a favorable rating. Um, I appreciate it all. Um, give us a thumbs yes. up on YouTube and all that sort of thing. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your kids, tell your neighbor, tell your dentist. I don't care. And uh, thanks so much for being here, everyone. Um, do you have anything to take us out with? Oh, uh, I was kind of wiped out with Machine Man. Let's see what we got. Uh, yeah, I got nothing today. <laughs> <laughs> The Satan Squad's all I know. Yeah, all well, right, that and I mean all the the Star Wars drama that we had. It was a it was a lot. <laughs> I've got to figure out. I'm gonna have to put on the um on the uh, Discord the the movie. I am. It's like something like the Hidden Fortress. I think is what it is. Oh wait, here we go. I got one. For my robot warriors are everywhere, disguised as cars, trucks, maybe even fire hydrants down your street, and they will all wait my command to strike. You have been warned. What? Yeah. That's Donnie Finkelberg, the robot master. Oh my god. The robot master. We'll see him soon enough. Is he in the UK comics? <laughs> well, because they reprint the US ones. Also. That's right. Yeah, it they staggered. So yeah. We'll get to see Donnie Finkelberg. Beautiful. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for me being here this week, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. See ya.
More Than Meets These Guys is performed by Evan Johns and Ed Strickland. Research is performed by Evan Johns, Ed Strickland, and with special research done by Boo of the AxelonUnderground.net. All used images in the videos are property of Sunbow, Hasbro, Paramount, or Marvel. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in every week with us. We appreciate it.